NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want to do a little number for you now. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder. Well, actually, the pot of thunder has come to the pot of thunder. What am I talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you. But first, let's hear the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Oh, yeah. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Hey, you know, I drink too much alcohol. They call me an alcoholic. But when I drink too much Fanta, do they call me fantastic? Thank you very much. Goodbye. All right. That's two in a row from Duff that have made me laugh. Uh, still calling them in on a weekly basis. What other Rock and Roll Hall of Famer would do that? Uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, not in this lifetime tour, just ended in Honolulu after two and a half years of being on the road. Now the rumors are that Duff is writing a solo album all about those experiences, which is great. Hopefully uh, Guns N' Roses will do some more stuff in the future. As of right now, Slash and Conspirators, Conspirators and Miles Kennedy are out. Uh, maybe his Axl Rose going back out with, with ACDC. I don't know, but I do know this. Um, thanks to Duff for Never Missing a Friday. And this week's joke, much better uh, than the one a couple weeks ago about the elevator and the stairs that I didn't get the first time around. I actually had to text Duff and ask him what the hell the punchline was because I didn't get it. But I get this one. Fanta, fantastic. Uh, So much great stuff. But like I said earlier, the Pot of Thunder today meets the Pot of Thunder. It's the classic album clash, Kiss Alive versus Kiss Alive 2. And the other Pot of Thunder I'm talking about is the original Pot of Thunder, my favorite Kiss podcast called Pot of Thunder uh, with Nick. Andy and the mysterious Chris L. They've gone song by song, breaking down every tune in the Kiss catalog, and they are coming to the end after five and a half years. I believe it's 290 Kiss songs. I guessed it on that podcast many, many times. Uh, but they are getting to the end of it. Uh, they've debated the good and the bad of every single Kiss song ever released, even including uh, Don't Touch My Ascot from Scooby Doo. And Shocker from the Shocker soundtrack. We did that one. Uh, They've given every single Kiss song its own episode. They are finally up to the last song and final podcast episode coming out on Monday. So check out the final Pod of Thunder podcast that all the Pod of Thunder podcast. If you're as much of a Kiss fan as I am, I just got Charlie Benanti from Anthrax uh, hooked on that. So go check it out at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. I didn't know how they were going to do it at first, but they've done a great job of analyzing every single Kiss song, episode by episode, song by song. So go check them out. But before their Pod of Thunder rides off into the sunset, or is it? I heard there's rumors of maybe a season two with another band or a bunch of bands. Uh, I had to get them on the show to do a classic album clash, like I said. And of course, we're doing Kiss, Kiss Alive versus Kiss Alive 2. You know the rules. 
both albums have to have the same amount of tracks on them. Uh, Kiss Alive 2 barely meets the criteria. We did a little bit of a revision to make it work, but you're going to hear all about it with Nick and Chris L. and Andy, America's little brother, as we do the classic album clash, Kiss Alive versus Kiss Alive 2 with Pod of Thunder, starting now on Talk is Jericho. You have made us the number one band in America. You did it, people! All right, um, it's another uh, fine episode of the classic album clash, and today I've got all three members of uh, my favorite Kiss podcast, Pot of Thunder, uh, our buddy Andy. Hey. Nick. Hello. Who needs some kind of a nickname? The Garlic Dragon. Oh, the Garlic Dragon. Yeah. Okay. And then Chris L. Though we don't want to say uh, the last name. Yeah, I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) Just came back from the grill. Freshly baked up and not in that way, but just from the sun's rays and delivered back to the uh, states from the grill, yes. To the fine uh, city of Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's Uh, quite the... uh, Quite the... uh, juxtaposition of locales <laughs> from, I'll say from that. grilled to Dayton you yeah. guys said you're on the softball field yeah we were yeah, we Nick were. Uh, Nick had a home run they, <laughs> the equipment locker was open so we were playing I have this vision of you guys just frolicking in the field we like were three little buddies <laughs> with like a winter coat on running, <laughs> yeah. running the bases yeah but you guys uh, for people that don't know pot of thunder is a great podcast uh, that they do where they analyze one kiss song per episode which at first when I heard about it I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, how the hell can these guys do this? It's kind of a tall order, it, right? When yeah. you hear that, you're like, hmm, how's this going to work? And, and even I, when we started, we were like, how long are we going to do this before we give up? Right, because the idea is to go through the entire catalog. And I came on after you guys had done maybe 150 or so. Yeah. So I kind of pick and shows. I remember, I think Master and Slave was one of the early ones mm-hmm. and uh, King of Hearts. Yeah. And then I realized, like, it's really well done and the different personalities of you guys. And it's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, I've done the show many times. It's the first time you guys have ever done my show, so I appreciate yeah, the reciprocality. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, is this the first time you've had three complete nobodies as your <laughs> guests? On, uh, well, I'm on hoping the show. that the Pot of Thunder name will 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 because uh, I've had a couple. I have my best friend from high school, Spiwi, who's been on a bunch of times. So he may be even lower on the food chain than you guys because at least you guys have a fan base. Right? Okay, All so. Right. It's pretty low, though. I mean, you, you <laughs> oh, yeah. if I'm a C-lister, as you call me, this is like right down in like the F, G, oh, yeah. G-list celebrities on this one. Well, since you've hooked up with us, you're probably up to B-list. Yeah, now. I'm up to the B-list Yeah, now. you're on the rise. I've got, you're I've got, I've got you're a, trending up. I've got a lot of, every time I do your show, I get at least one or two tweets uh, talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> one or two. That's it. Wow. But today, as you know, the classic album clash, two albums, um, classic albums by, by a band, Today we're going to do Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive 2. Now, just before we start, um, the rule of the classic album clash is both albums have to have the same amount of tracks. Yeah. Uh, Kiss Alive has one less uh, live song, so we're going to uh, continue. We're going to end it off with All American Man. That, yeah. That's going to be uh, the, the song that we'll put up at the end. Right. There's uh, 16 on Alive and 15, 15 on Alive 2. Yeah, right. Although there could have been more on Alive 2. It's very strange to me. Um, why they decided to go for the last uh, side of Alive 2 as these bonus studio tracks rather than do other songs live. There are plenty of songs they could have done in place of those five, so I don't know why they didn't. Like which ones could they have done? Do you I have- would say off the top of my head, I would go with Do You Love Me? That would be mm-hmm. an easy one to put in. We actually have a, let's got see, a list. We have a list of the, of the songs, and we could decide from here. Right. Um, these are the songs recorded 
on the three albums before Alive 2. So these are, these are okay, so because there's songs that were actually recorded for the album that never made it. I know the three were Take Me, Do You Love Me, and Hooligan, because there's versions that it, uh, in Japan or yeah, something. Yeah, the Japanese Alive 2. Has, right. Yeah. Did they have all three of those on it? I don't, is a Hooligan, I, hooligan on it? I don't, I don't recall. So, I, know, I know for sure, I think Take Me is the second me, track. It's, it's right after the Detroit Rock. Right. Yeah, and then Do You Love Me, and I think like Rock and Roll All Night ended up on... The Japanese Alive Two, because but they didn't lost Alive Two, whatever it's called. They didn't want to have any songs from Alive on Alive Two. That makes sense. Which makes sense, but right. they still had plenty of uh, well, tracks I mean, from the previous three that could have made. They could have because the, 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 it's a very hodgepodge Alive Two. Because I know they've taken some songs from Soundcheck. They took some songs that they weren't even playing live. Yeah. So they could have easily done a Soundcheck. Let me see. Great Expectations. Probably no, not. Flaming Youth. Mm-hmm. They play that now. It would have fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Sweet Pain, Do You Love Me, should have been in there. Take Me, Baby Driver, probably never played live. No. Love Him and Leave Him, no. But Mr. Speed. Could have been in there. Yeah. Why not? Uh, see You in Your Dreams, Got Love for Sale. <laughs> we had a big debate about that. We had a three-episode, a trilogy debate about Got Love for Far Sale. Far too much time <laughs> for uh, Got Love for disagree. Sale. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree. What were the three versions? <laughs> the one for the music, one for the lyrics, and one? No, it was my... Um, because I'm a big fan of the song, Nick is not. So there's one episode of me extolling its virtues. Second episode, <laughs> I know of that sounds, Nick that's such a ridiculous thing. trashing it. And this was it, it was for my episode. Nick was not present, right? And okay. Vice versa. And then the third one was basically all three they were trying to convince me. I was like the judge, so okay. you know they're saying this is why this is great, this is why this is not great. Each, you know, and okay. then the yeah. third episode was all three of it, us. It was together. it was a running joke for the eighty or so episodes leading, leading up, up to, to it, it. and right. so we we broke it out into three. So you could have got Lover Sale. Then there's Almost Human, uh, which I don't think they ever played live, but that's a great tune. Plaster Caster, which they play all the time now, and of course Hooligan. So there are songs, especially if we know that they had Take Me, Hooligan, and Do You Love Me, they could have easily done a couple more. No idea why they decided to go the uh, studio track route. Yeah, I don't know the story behind that, but it's side four, the studio track side, has grown on me over time, because at first it's kind of a head-scratcher, but there's some good tracks in there. What were you going to say? Oh, Nick? I... I don't know this for sure, but my kind of feeling has always been, well, they were such a big band at that point. Why not put out some songs that are potential singles when you kind of have the mm-hmm. other three sides as live greatest hits right. from a certain okay. era, certain few Get years. more people to buy it. Yeah, I mean, well, the they, they did release, wasn't, uh, what was the single? Wasn't there a single from the studio sides? I don't know if they did a single at all. Uh, did they do I singles mean, back then? I'm gonna have to look. It was interesting. Uh, if we were had, if this was your show, we could put uh, <laughs> look it up on it. Yeah, look it up. Um, <laughs> also, no Peter Chris tune on the uh, studio side, Correct. which no. is yeah. showing some 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 cricks in the in the yeah. armor there. Um, first time you guys remember hearing Alive or Alive Two, which was the first one that you heard, uh, and, and how? I can go, Chris. Um, I uh, was introduced to Kiss in the summer of '77. Which coincidentally was well, I don't. Yeah, coincidentally, it was the the uh, the summer of Sam in uh, in New York City. Okay, is that where you're from? No, oh, I'm okay. from Detroit. Gotcha. But my cousins, my mom's sister and her family, lived on uh, Oyster Bay, New York, which is on Long Island. Shout out to Oyster Bay. Yeah, man. And uh, so for a few summers in a row, my family of four piled into our Volkswagen Super Beetle. And drove wow. the what seven makes it a super beetle. 
What's the distinction? No, uh, no okay. clue. I mean, maybe <laughs> continue. It says super on it. Just yeah. go with it. Yeah. So the four of us piled into that tiny vehicle and drove the 700 plus miles or so from Detroit to Long Island to hang out at my uh, cousin's place for a month. You know, nice uh, oceanside community, lots of carnivals and fun stuff to do. So the summer of 77, my cousin and listening to your uh, previous uh, head-to-head shows where you mention people by name from your past <laughs> that nobody else would know. Before I get into it, I just have one question. that The Yoda character, what was his name again? Brad Hadoubiak. Please tell me his nickname was Doobie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him that well. I just know him floating around telling, extolling the virtues of heavy yeah. metal. It should have been. It should have been. If it, it probably was at some point. If Yeah. Well, so I think uh, everybody has that local figure that's a little intimidating. He yeah, knows yeah. more than I do. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the wise yeah, owl. Yeah, you're, you're a little sheepish to go up. Yeah, exactly. So it was my cousin, Michael Gonzalez, Ooh. who we were hanging out, you know, playing maybe a little stickball, uh, just hanging out on a nice summer day. Busted out his portable cassette player, which had the little cassette window and then a single speaker to the right of it, like pre-jam box configuration. Popped in the cassette of uh, Rock and Roll Over, which had come out the previous fall. So um, hit play. I'd never heard of Kiss or heard Kiss before. I Want You drew me in, of course, and then Take Me was just the knockout right. punch. And for the next two and a half years or so, I was all in on KISS. So they actually sent me home with my other cousin, Mark Gonzalez, <laughs> with his, he had just upgraded to one of those just massive 70s stereos with the, the speaker that was taller than me and just racks of EQs. That's and how it used to be, right? The giant, yeah. giant speakers. And... uh so he sent me home with his old 8-track player because I didn't have a stereo of my own. Another thing I picked up on on your Metallica episode was my parents also had the record player that was a piece of furniture. Yeah, a big desk. Yeah, you lift up the top and the turntables. In you there. lift up the top like it's the hood of a car and right. you actually put the little wedge in there to keep it standing exactly up. Exactly so right. slam on your yeah, fingers. That's right. Right. Exactly right. And... Uh, so I had a few uh, favorite albums from their collection, and then they would buy me those KTEL kind of compilation albums, but I never had my own collection of really rock music, and then the Kiss just kind of drew me in instantly. So my cousin sent me home with his hand-me-down 8-track player and um, went and got Rock and Roll Over on 8-track, and then the next one I bought which was right when it came out, was Alive 2. So live, alive track. 2, gotcha. How about you, uh, OBA, our buddy Andy? Oh, I would say... America's <laughs> little brother. <laughs> you got all the nicknames, thank you. <laughs> Properly introduced. Uh, I think Alive 2. Uh, we had both in our house. We had the cassette of Alive 2, and that very vinyl of Alive... Uh, we've had that forever. That's the since, one, right? Since which, the which 80s. does not have their uh, little handwritten letters to the oh. fans. No, this is some sort of uh, dumbed down. It's not version. even. A, a, it doesn't have a gatefold sleeve. No. Wow, it interesting. Not. It's a single album of Alive Two, which is a famously double album with the letters to the fans in it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. Pretty old. Wow. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Not old enough, I guess, because it's not a not a double. I'm sure, yeah, it's got to be some out. some reprint at some point. But uh, so you guys, Alive Two in your house. Yeah, Alive 2 for me, Nick. Alive 2, 
I went, I was about, I don't know, 10 or so, and fascinated by Kiss, and this was in the like late 80s, early 90s, so the makeup era of Kiss was not the thing all the kids were caring about at all. Uh, so I think I was the only one in my school that really had any interest in it. Mm-hmm. And there was so, so much mystique for me because I hadn't lived through the original makeup era. And then I would go to, whenever I go to a record store, I would be looking like anything, like let's look at the Kiss section. I didn't know their discography, anything. I just I just said, I want to go look and saw the double tape. I have the tape right here, mm-hmm. double cassette for a live two which uh, the guy who worked at Hegwish Records at the time. Hegwish? Hegwish Records, which, Hard- which is Chicago, technically. Um, he looked at my mom and said, are you sure he's old enough for this? And my, <laughs> my mom looked at him and kind of looked down at me, and I'm like, yeah, I believe me, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> She's like, are and you? So, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I got it and uh, threw it on as soon as I got home on the tape player, and uh, it was a big event, yeah. Mine was, um, uh, flip that over so I can see the cover. Mine was um, um, uh, Alive 2 because everyone knows my Kiss story where I'm, uh, uh, Animalized was my first Kiss record because I saw Heaven's on Fire uh, video and I thought Paul Stanley was the coolest guy in the world because he jumped through a hoop of fire. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with these two brothers uh, that um, were huge Kiss fans and I was a big Beatles guy. And I remember always looking at Alive 2 because they had the poster, which you see on the back cover, yeah. and the picture of Gene where he looks like just an overfed blood worm, <laughs> like a big, fat, gross, <laughs> bloody monster, yeah. right? And just looking at him going, what? That's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. But much like uh, a chick that you hate, you you grow to love, <laughs> I started loving these these pictures. So when I finally started backtracking, mm-hmm. uh, Alive 2 was the first one that I bought. So all throughout grade 9, I listened to Alive 2 because I didn't like the cover of Alive 1. I thought Alive 2 has to be better. Really? Um, really? Yeah, yeah, for some reason, I just liked the cover of Alive 2. And then when I finally got into Alive 1, that is probably my favorite Kiss record of all time. Okay. I love those pictures on Alive 2 also because yeah. I, they're, first of all, they're Sorry. all really cool looking, but they're really unique. Like if you look up, like you go now on the internet and just do an image search for Kiss from that era. I mean, you see a lot of pictures, but those right there, they're just, there's something about them where they just don't really look like any other pictures. Once again, them. it's uh, the Kiss mimicking the Beatles. And if you see the White Album where you would get, uh, Kiss always said souvenirs, oh, right. but the White yeah. Album, you, get, you, got, you had four pictures you got. And they're very similar to this. There's a poster that you can unfold where it's four faces and they're all from like almost different photo sessions. And that's what this, what this looks like too. Yeah. Different lighting, different gigs, whatever it may be. And then for a live one, the only thing that's a little off-putting to me about the cover is Ace never holds his guitar like that when he's playing. I mean, like, come on now. flipped over. That's the only yeah, time I've ever seen him hold his guitar like that. Well, obviously, you know, it's a staged picture. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but and, it, it, and another thing, too, is the gatefold for a live two is one of my favorites of all time. Well, the gatefold is. And yeah. you open it up, and it's just like, oh, my yeah, gosh. Right. Every single bomb uh and yeah. paul paul told me but i'm sure he's told everybody that this is like they just set off every single flare every bomb every flame every lights turned on there was never one part in the show when all of this was happening this yeah. is another staged photograph yeah but just blew blew your mind Peter well, when you join the kiss army back in the day you got a full-size poster of that in your in your oh, membership that, oh really oh yeah did you join the kiss yeah, army absolutely what else did you get 
Uh, there were, you know, kind of glossy photos, um, like the, similar to the ones you were talking about. There was a, a, an iron-on decal that you could iron on to a T-shirt uh-huh. back in those days. The, yeah, those the sort yeah. of iron-on yeah. uh, emblems were a big deal. And uh, I'm trying to remember. A membership a card? membership card, I'm sure. When I went uh, to the whiskey a couple of years ago, I was walking down the street, and I happened to see Anvil was playing at the whiskey so i walked in and saw them and uh afterwards their drummer rob reiner the other rob reiner gave me an anvil metal pounders union membership card oh man. this is like 2015 you keep that in your pocket uh, you might want to show people that i'm like no <laughs> i don't need it. i don't need my anvil membership card <laughs> yeah. But in the 70s, those membership cards meant something. <laughs> well, right. you never know when you need, like, another form of identification when you're doing something important, some paperwork. Is this metal on metal uh, kind of work yeah, I forgot my passport, but this yeah, should That's do. the card you flash out when you don't want to get into some place. <laughs> when you want to be thrown out of an establishment. You're, one of the, an, your you're in the Anvil Metal Pounders Union. You're not getting in. Uh, okay, so let's go into, into some of this. First of all, let's talk about the covers of the record. Uh, sure. We kind of mentioned it. Um you know, alive. Kiss alive two as a cover is basically just the uh, the logo alive two, and then the four photos are small. Yeah, but it's a very iconic look. I think I don't know which cover do we like better. And of course, the, the kiss alive looks like the four guys kind of all shoved in there with Peter Chris in the back. It's kind of interesting on alive one that Ace is up front. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That, yeah. You know, Paul and Gene are kind of like kind of in the shadows. They, they kind of, to me, just if you're looking at this the first time, there's the supporting players kind of, and yeah. you Ace right up in the. It's front. like Ace's lead guitar and vocals. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like he's like the Dave Mustaine of, of Kiss. It's like if it was a guy man dude record, it would have him, you know, <laughs> featured on the cover and his bros behind him <laughs> with his child behind him. Um, which cover do you like better, OBA? I would say Alive One. Alive um, One? Yeah. I mean, this, of course, Alive Two. The, the, it's stylized and iconic, you know, the giant kiss letters in Alive. Yeah. I like the live photo. It's, you know, as a kid, that's more intriguing. It's, it's like, almost, what's going on at these It's concerts? almost like the back cover should have said Kiss Alive at the top, and that should have been the cover. That should, yeah, with the larger right? photos. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. That gene photo is kind of weird. You said an <laughs> overfed bloodworm. Yeah. I always thought his expression was sort of uh, strange. It's almost like he's sad about something or like bummed he's sulking. Out. Like Droopy the cartoon dog kind of like. <laughs> you know, I got blood in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, again, it's just weird. And then Ace, looking at him, his hair almost looks red because the lighting. Yeah, it's like is he a redhead? But you know, yeah, that's he, the only picture you see. Good but, call. Yeah, Peter just, probably wasted. Probably, and Paul good. looks like he's not really paying attention in that photo. He's just kind of yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, 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 I writing th- a poem or something. Maybe like write, writing some uh, star star lyrics. Yeah. Looking in the briefcase from. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, there's something glowing in the bottom corner. But yeah, Nick, I'd say Alive 1. Nick, me. what's your favorite? Um, I'm going to go with Alive 2 because of those photos. Gotcha. Even though they're smaller on the front cover, I don't mind the sort of stock-looking stenciled mm. uh, font. That's okay. Army uh, yeah, army and, lettering. And as when I was younger and I got this cassette, I mean, it's and it's really small in the cassette. It's a thumbnail, basically. Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to draw Ace... <laughs> like many times I spent a lot of time trying to draw Ace from there and I'm not very good at that I also that, tried but, uh, to draw that cover did you yeah yeah that, <laughs> I just I can just looking at it the the curve of like the V on his you yeah, know, yeah, on his yeah, outfit yeah. there I remember trying to get that curve exactly correct <laughs> that's another thing about kiss that appeals to you know kids uh, especially at the time was you could draw them yeah like mm-hmm. even if you were the worst artist you could still draw the four members of kiss 
with the with the because the makeup. Yeah, right. I mean, they all have the similar black hair, so that's kind of easy, even yeah. if you can't draw. And then from there, you just draw the makeup, and there you go. Hardest makeup to draw: aces. Never yeah, got it right. Yeah, get, getting it on a like on a to look like it's yeah. on a round surface. Forget it. Hard. Chris, favorite cover? A live one for sure. Um, the live two is just really basic. It's like something you would learn your first day in graphic design class. Let's see, let's go. And you've got the same photos duplicated on the back. Good call. Um, the cover image, just there's so much going on with it. Like you said, Ace in the forefront, his guitar is upside down. Gene's pose is great. Uh, the candelabra is pictured. I, I really oh, think, yeah, that's right. I really think Kiss lost a little something when they got, got rid, rid of, of the, the candelabra. candelabra. There was something slightly evil about that um, Good call. presentation. And there was just one. They didn't yeah. bracket the stage. There was exactly. just one random one, yeah. And then do not dismiss the awesomeness of the back cover photo on a live one. Shot at Cobo Arena in my hometown of Detroit. D- does that not capture the arena rock vibe between acts? Like as after yeah. the opener is done and you're ready and primed and ready to go for the opening act. Jam-packed show with two rockers with like the Sean Cassidy, Leaf Garrett, <laughs> yeah. Feather exactly Hair right. with a kiss sign. Now, there's rumors that this is actually taken at a Styx concert. And, really? Uh, yeah, but that's, I, obviously I don't believe it for a second. But yeah, it's a Styx concert, and they just like photoshopped or whatever the uh, cut and pasted those guys so in there. Now, the only thing that's believable about that statement, just off off hand right now, is that the Kiss Army would do that though. Would do a sign. Would would go to a different band show and have a with sign a Kiss, for Kiss. sign, yeah, <laughs> or that, yeah. I love the guys sitting beside him. That's like Chris L right there. <laughs> He's pissed off. <laughs> and he, and Nick are standing with their sign. And Chris is just sitting down. That lady on the bottom right, always it always looked to me like she must have been like a Spanish dancer. Oh, yeah, she's like a flamenco of yeah. good call. Well, she's wow. there to see Dennis DeYoung and <laughs> hopefully, hopefully appear in one of his rock musicals that would happen later on down the road. Uh, and also the, the gatefold uh, is just quickly, um, like, we talked about the Kiss Alive 2 gatefold, which is the best picture ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Takes the bread, but the gatefold for Alive uh, had letters from Kiss and um, I'm going to read one of them. They're very small, though. I don't even know if I can read them. Dear Earthlings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's when Aces. Uh, Peter says, hi, cat people. Uh, uh, Jeans is dear victims. victims. Oh, boy. And Paul is dear lovers. Lovers. So they go. The, 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 you've got the small. I guess you have better eyes. You know, because I, I brought my generic record that didn't have that. Yeah. But my CD has it. But I yeah, would it love to small. be able to read one of these two, but it's really small writing. I uh, yeah, I can't do Let's it. See but if I could try to read one. Can you try and read one? It's really small. Oh, yeah. I can read these. Um, can which read? one? Who do you want to hear? Um, Give me one. I'll read it to you. Uh, dear lovers. Dear lovers, nothing arouses me more <laughs> than seeing you getting off on me. <laughs> It like, ma- literally? Or? <laughs> I don't know. It makes me work that much harder to please you. Wow. My body is yours. Yours is mine. We explode together. Damn. When I'm on stage, I'm yours. Take me, Paul Ooh. Stanley. Ooh, that's <laughs> great. Foreshadowing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Do you guys think that they actually wrote these? 
You know, is it their handwriting? You know, I mean, it's, kind of they're all they're all different handwriting. I, so. I had Paul on. We talked about the 40th anniversary of Alive, and we had a great conversation. Talked about everything, and I forgot to ask him yeah. about that. The one little tidbit. Did you guys really write those letters? You know that um, I have. A CD, I don't know what year it was made, but I have uh, ACDC High Voltage. Yeah. And it's got yeah. it's got letters like that, too, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily by the band. It's about them. Somebody's writing a letter. Uh, yeah, the, like from their school. Like they're, stay away from my daughter, yeah. Mr. Scott. You know, yeah. Bon Scott, and, stay yeah. away. Was I remember one from the hotel chain that, like, yes. your guys <laughs> busted up my hotel room. Here are the damages. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. That's right. Something from school, like he, like we're having trouble with Angus. or Yeah, whatever. young Angus is very hyperactive. Yeah. I remember that. Was that on High Voltage? That's the one so. I have, it's in it's in an old high voltage. Because I think yeah. Mark Evans was in the band then, he, and I he, remember him having a letter. On did he actually? Mark Evans got a letter too. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. rare. I thought they would just kind of. Oh, the one I have, I think, has Bond, but I'll have to check. What is Bond? I remember the one. Mr. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I was. Hey, all of them. No, who was the singer before Bond? He had. Uh, was it Dave no, Evans? No, it's not Dave Evans. It's Bond Scott. Okay, that's what I thought Chris was. I, no, I Mark, Mark Evans. I heard Mark. I thought, oh, Dave Evans? There was no, a lot no, of no. Evans in there. Are you going to read one more, Andy? Sure, if you want me to. What about uh, the cat people? Hi, cat people. Well, you should get your claws into this album. Zing! I know it's going to make your tails stand straight up. The cat himself stalked it from what front to back, and it tested great. Tested? (laughs) Tasted. It might be, but it clearly looks like an E. Probably tasted great. See well, all I mean, you Peter, alley cats. Peter dropped out of school at 22, so his handwriting <laughs> wasn't fully. Yeah, I got a big dick. I can't spell. Right. The fuck off. <laughs> Even then, he was running focus groups about the band <laughs> to see what the the audiences were liking. Oh my goodness! See all you alley cats and tom cats, rock your rolls right off, or should I say tails? You already said tails. <laughs> Love you, your silver nosed tomcat peter chris i would have to say that paul's kills that one. Yeah. Oh yeah and i bet you as the guys were reading each other's letters that paul and gene were laughing oh yeah and how bad that one is it almost seems like they would this is in the first alive but i almost think it would be later dude we need them all okay we need to no hear problem. all and then we'll get into the record but i can't i can't well, leave the earthlings and the victims yes, out of this yeah it almost seems like this would come later when they became a little bit more cartoonish yeah, yeah but right no this one though this they were they're more entrenched in their personas in their, their makeup personas right. yeah all right let's do jeans what do you think dear victims dear victims i love to do all those deliciously painful things to you that make you writhe and groan in ecstasy. <laughs> Chris L is just smiling. Before and he here. started reading this, I was going to ask on a what what would we predict on the creepiness scale? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This would be? <laughs> he was uncle, uncle creepy even back then when he was twenty three years old. <laughs> yeah, my spiked seven inch boot heels are at the ready. Should you be in the mood for heavy sport? What? Oh <laughs> heavy sport. Oh, my God. It's like heavy petting, heavy sport. Um, some sort of shoe-spiked boot fetish. And my mouth, it's there to tell you all horrible things you never thought you'd hear, but love hearing, in parentheses, Ooh. with an exclamation. Ooh. I can see you from the corners of my eyes, and I know, underlined, what you do when the lights go out. I bleed for you and breathe fire for you, and you wonder if I'm crazy. <laughs> dot, 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 I am. Ooh. Gene Simmons. Okay, okay. 
Typical creepy. Now let's see where, where Ace is out in space here. And his is his is the only one that's in cursive. Oh geez. So Can this is going to be a pain in the ass. Hold on. <laughs> okay. This is really small letters yeah. too. Like you, you have good eyesight for this. Yeah. It would have been easy to just Google image these, but <laughs> it's part of the fun, right? Exactly. Okay. Dear Earthlings, the gravity on Earth isn't quite the same as it is on my planet, but I'm slowly getting used to it. <laughs> is that a cover for how he it was notorious for falling over? Yeah, that's why he walks so weird. Yeah, okay. okay. that is. Makes sense. I always wanted to play lead guitar and express myself usually to an Visu audience. Visually. visually. There you go. Visually to an audience. When, uh, do you have this memorized? Yeah, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I play guitar on stage, it's like making love. Okay. If, if you're good, you get off every time. And also yeah. get off is one word. Connected. Oh, okay. You get off every time. <laughs> thanks, off. thanks for helping me get off. Love, Ace. Okay. Um, Paul's the best. Ace, number two. Gene, number three. And Peter, number four. Just like the solo albums. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there well, you go. <laughs> there's an argument there for another time. <laughs> yeah, another exactly. episode. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. September 10th, 1975, recorded at uh, four different gigs, Kobo Arena, Cleveland Music Hall, RKO Orpheum Theater in Davenport, which is, uh, well, that's not Hamill, uh, in Wildwood's Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey, oh. um, which is interesting. I've been there. I've wrestled there. And Alive 2 was released on October 14th, 1977. So basically about two years later. In two years, they released these seminal amazing records yeah, three records and that was mostly recorded uh april 2nd uh sorry august 26th to 28th in the uh in la at the forum uh, i believe it was yeah the forum and the love gun tour but there's a lot of sound checks a lot of studio work we don't need to go into specifics we know that most of these albums were all re-recorded in the studio we don't need to yeah. know how the sausage was made right exactly we just want the sausage we want the sausage badly and, uh very badly <laughs> So, um, like I said, the overdubs and all this stuff, and Paul actually said it great when he did the show. He goes, we're jumping up and down. I've got seven-inch platform heels. We're running. There's bombs going off. The sound is bad. The, 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 there's bad notes. There's strings breaking. He goes, of course we recorded it. He said, get your head out of your asses. That's yeah. how all live albums are made. Right. And so. the, the beauty of it is what by doing that, these live albums, all the iconic live albums of the 70s, basically filled in those same gaps your brain fills in when you're at one of these gigs. Right, well, yes. You don't pay attention to the clams. You don't pay attention to Paul's vocals fading out when he turns his head to look at his guitar. Yeah. The whole, 
spectacle of it, you're, everything is awesome in your head, and that's how these 70s yes. live albums recreated that. That's why they're so iconic. Exactly. Agreed. And, and that's... It's like you know, Cheap Trick, uh, Budokan, right. Frampton Comes Alive, all the best albums. Because, like, for, for example, like Alive, for me, all the songs that are on this are so much slower... And I'm not gonna say boring on the first three records, mm -hmm. but these ones are so much better, so much more fire and energy. Yeah. Whether it's re-recorded or not, this is the kiss that I love. Right. And if they did re-record it, they used the basic tracks as the bedrock yeah. for it, so it had that energy from the tempos, and it's just there to recreate that experience, and they did it brilliantly. Yeah. Both records recorded by Eddie Kramer, uh, produced by Eddie Kramer. Uh, let's get into the track-by-track track battle uh, with two of the best opening songs of all time, Deuce versus Detroit Rock City. Can we actually actually give, go back even further and compare the two intros? Classic, and classic intros? Pot of Thunder move. By the way, I was thinking about this, and thank you for <laughs> yeah. reminding me. What's the intro for the first one, Chris? Well, it's... You wanted the best, and you got it. <laughs> the hottest band in the world. No, well, hottest band in the land. Is it? Yeah. yeah. On, the, on a live, they were the hottest band in the land. Okay. Right? Missed that. But, but, but that's... Then he goes, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one is just... I, I don't even think I could sum it up. It sounds like a monster truck that. on the second one. <laughs> yeah. Kiss. This, on a live, too, that's basically what you hear... If you go see Kiss tomorrow, that's like the same yeah. introduction you get all the time. Alive Two's introduction. Now, but Alive One's a little different. Yeah. Hold on a second. We'll, we'll uh, okay. You know what? And, and this happens all the time on our podcast. I have always heard that as world. So you had, the, but that shows their uh, how they've grown. They went from the hottest band in the land to the hottest band in the world. Now the first guy sounds like someone they plucked out of the alley outside of the <laughs> venue and say, "Hey, dude, you want to introduce?" <laughs> well, the band? we're we're not uh, trivia guys like other Kiss podcasts, but I think that was one of their roadies called J.D. Smalling or Smalley. Okay, so it was a guy that they had. I think he was a, an African American fella. Right. That, well, uh, was, yeah. to me, it always sounded like. They got. They were uh, getting the guy who directs Spinal Tap to the stage backstage, <laughs> played by Wonderful Smith, who was the name of the actor. Wow. Um, who was the, the like the custodian the right. of, like, of the venue? You, you and dig, dig a lift over here. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have time for that. And his yeah. voice is in about the same. It reminds me of the the world's best cry. I don't know if you guys remember that from the show <laughs> Intervention. Oh God. I, I can. Uh, That's, that's what you that, think of. That, that's that? that's uh, that, that's a voice that's mocking a man's life changing moment. I always thought that's how Nick no, I'm is. I'm just saying man. the tone of his voice reminds me of the tone of that guy's voice. <laughs> I always thought the guy on a live hit the tone of his voice sounded like when you'd watch the Muppet Show and they'd introduce an act. It's like you know, you wanted the best, and you you know, hottest band in the land, Kiss, yeah, like Skeeter or someone introducing Kiss. Well, and that's the thing. It's like we all 
heard Alive 2 first, correct? Right, yeah. So when you hear that intro and then you hear Alive and you hear that intro, yeah. you're like, okay, this is going to suck, right? Well, but then the yeah. the action Once again, in. Paul has another great quote in his very uh, straightforward. He said that even though Alive sounds like it was recorded in a washroom, he still likes it. Now, there is a difference in... in um, uh, it, 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 sonic expansiveness in that Alive 2 sounds like they're recording it in a stadium and Alive 1 sounds like they're recording it maybe in a smaller arena, for example. But still, you know, like we said. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're doing Deuce versus Detroit Rock City. Um, what do you think? Uh, who wants to go first? I, Andy, Andy? will. I'll go with Detroit Rock City. Ooh. Yeah. And? It's hard to pick why because they're both, you know, high energy. First song. If you go see Kiss, this, well, they're not on tour this summer, but if you go see Kiss, if they play either one, you're going to be happy with that as an opener, mm -hmm. you know. But I'd go with Detroit Rock City. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because Alive 2, uh, the opening has a special place in my heart, but I picked Detroit Rock City just for the energy and the tempo and. I'm going to say Detroit Rock City as well. To me, there's certain songs that have to open. Like when Ozzy doesn't open with I Don't Know. I hate it. He's doing Bark at the Moon now, and it doesn't fit. Um, I love Metallica opening with their new songs. That's what they always do. But if you had to pick one, Battery is the uh, you know the, uh, the the song they should always open with. The, yeah. the, the well, I can't remember the word is I'm looking for. But I think Detroit Rock City, because Paul Stanley's my guy, there's a great breakdown in the middle. There's that whole guitar part. There's the drum part. Uh, get up, uh, you know, everybody's going to leave their seat. It's about going to a show. Yeah. So I'm going with uh, Detroit Rock City, although Deuce is a great uh, a great opener too, but Detroit kills it for me. Yeah, nothing against Deuce. It's great, but I'm going to go with Detroit Rock City also. And all the reasons you guys said, but another one which uh, may be going a bit far into the future here, um, the way it goes into the next song. Mm. Directly. Seems to, uh, yeah, that has something to do with it for me, which, okay. we'll, which we'll get to. Sure. Detroit Rock City. All oh, day. I mean, it's it's essentially a toss up just because I like them both. But well, Chris well, Chris has the answer on his hat today, <laughs> right? Detroit Rock City. Well, or like I said last no, night. No, reread that. <laughs> Detroit Cock City. <laughs> yeah, you know. I was. We were calling it Detroit Foz City last night, which I know is terrible, but the people loved it. Yeah, so. Oh no, great. it's, um, it's come, it, been born and grew up in Detroit. Um, it must be know. pretty cool to have like I wish someone wrote a song called Winnipeg Rock City <laughs> like you have a song written about your city that's pretty cool man well we love about we Detroit love that too. stuff and yeah. like Jay Giles band at Detroit Breakdown yeah, love yeah, yeah. that and of course you have Nugent with Motor City Madhouse yeah, and stuff. yeah yeah you write a song about Detroit Detroit loves you forever and um, that is the element that takes it over the top for me but just those how potent are the two notes that open up yeah i mean it's just the building of adrenaline is You're just right. incredible the kiss and, open uh, with it on my one my favorite gig of all time the animalized tour uh from 1984 on the on, uh amazing opener even without makeup still yeah. killer Absolutely. powerful insane uh and going straight into king of the nighttime world which i thought uh when you read the back of the album yeah. where's the album right I thought the songs were Detroit Rock City, then there's the song King of the Night, <laughs> then the next song was called Time World. Yeah. And I thought it was some kind of a sci-fi uh, expedition. Yeah, it could work that A good ace song. Time yeah, World. Time World. Because uh, once again, like you said, I got this record and had no idea of any of the songs yeah. because I didn't have any of the albums before. So it was not King of the Night and then Time World. It's <laughs> King of the Night, Time World versus Strutter. Uh, 
both great second songs in the set because when Deuce ends, it goes straight into the. Um, for me, I'll, I'll take this one. I, th- I love King of the Nighttime World. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs. I love it live. I love how it goes straight into that feedback. Bam, bam, bam. Um, so I'm taking King of the Night and Time World. Uh, <laughs> the medley. What do you think, Nick? I'm going to go with that as well. I mean, we're not to make it sound like we're collectively, well, so far, overlooking Strutter, because we're not, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have to go with that also. It's, it, I like that song particularly on Alive 2, even better than Detroit Rock City. Oh, really? I do, yeah. For, okay. for me, it's got a little bit more of a rock and roll-y kind of thing, where Detroit Rock City is a little bit darker. Yeah. And this one's a little more like celebratory rock and roll-y kind of thing, so it grabbed me more immediately when I first heard it. And in the in trivia department, uh, King of the Nights and World is actually a cover song. Right. They, it was, they, they've Paul added a lot to it, but it was originally written by that Kim Fowler. Kim, yeah. Uh, and you, there is a version you can go find it by some other band and you can hear like the first part and mm. there's a lot of uh, the, there's a lot of additional parts but the, the, that did come from another tune it's kind of like um like when we did our episode on is that you from unmasked there's yeah. a whole other version before yeah that's, that, that's a cover tongue yeah. song as well yeah right, exactly our buddy andy <laughs> i also will go with king of the nighttime world all the same reasons the transition from detroit rock city is great and i prefer not that we're really getting into studio cuts but i prefer the king of the nighttime world over the Alive 2 version over the studio version by, Agreed. Uh, by a million. So Agreed, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Chris? Same for me. I mean, those two songs, even if you've never heard Destroyer, they flow together so nicely. And um, just what an incredible one-two punch. I think that's another thing that's important is not only the opener, but what they follow the sure. opener with. Because you don't want to let down after it. Not that Strutter's a letdown, but... But also, too, those are the first two songs in Destroyer, right? Right. So that's like, it's the Fozzie tradition that we got from Iron Maiden and Metallica, where they always open with the first song on the record and then the second song on the record. Every tour. Maiden and Metallica do that. Every oh, I didn't tour. know that. Good every move. tour. I love it. Okay, so now uh, Ladies Room versus Got to Choose. Mm. When I was a kid, I would have went with Ladies Room. Um, I thought the lyric was "You're such a jewel in the road." <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, such a jewel in the road. Yeah, like something that would make you pull over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a shiny jewel. Yeah. A woman Ooh. standing on the corner, yeah. perhaps. Like I'm going to pull this thing out of the gravel and have sex with it. <laughs> <laughs> that but sounds like a good idea. As I get older, got to choose um, wins for me. It's such a great tune. I didn't realize how good it was until they did it on uh, Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Great harmonies. It's a little bit more mid tempo, which is maybe why I didn't like it as much as a kid. But yeah, uh, got to choose beats ladies' room for me. Do you like the stage rap of ladies' room? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Some of you girls want to get yourselves kissed. Yeah, I we- say that all the time when I have a couple drinky winkies. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we got some good looking girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Nick, what do you think? Um, yeah, this one's a landslide for me. Forgot to choose. Wow. Um, it's probably. Not that we have to put numerical uh, values on our Kiss songs, but it's probably number two, number three for me all time. Wow. And that was cemented from when uh, Andy and I went to the One Live Kiss, uh, the one that they they made that DVD out of from the Live to Win tour. Paul Stanley, yeah. Yeah, and it just, it blew the roof off the place. That song out of any other one. And then when the three of us went to... um, the last Cobo Hall show in 09. I thought he was going to say the uh, DVD release oh. party for oh, One God. Life well, Kiss. That was a disaster <laughs> Chris for Chris and us, I were but... almost ejected for being drunk and disorderly. <laughs> <laughs> this was, the, uh, this was the, 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 the seminal 
outing for what would become our podcast. That's true. Yeah, we, was were just, we were just complete. Was Paul there? Asses. No. Oh, okay. Uh, but the guy who filmed it was it was like producer the premiere of the party gotcha. and yeah. stuff, and we were just complete jackass. Was it worse no than reason. Andy during the uh, what was the podcast you did where you got so loaded you threw up on the side of the road <laughs> several times? Which was at the Domino one? No, it was uh, Boys Are Gonna Rock. Boys Are Gonna Rock. Vinny Vincent and <laughs> were you drunker then or at this thing? Uh, it's a toss. I was more rowdy at the Paul Stanley he thing. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. And, and people I, were getting, people were sitting down. It's like a theater style thing. People would sit in front of us and we're, Chris and I were yelling, barking things out at people on the stage. Because there was also a band playing before. Oh, yeah. People would get up and walk away and go sit somewhere else. Yeah. They didn't want to be near us. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had a guy turn around and give us the finger to the mouth. <laughs> <just> shush. <laughs> and and, thing, yeah. and I, I was the sober one. So I'm the guy. Have you ever been like, you know, out yeah. with some of your friends and you're kind of the sober or at least sensible one and you're just trying to maybe rein them in gently just and it's just, it, yeah. it just not working yeah i had a guy do that to me at uh, the rock and roll hall of fame when nirvana was playing with joan jett on guitar and vocals i was mm-hmm. losing my mind i was also drunk as because f- yeah. springsteen's band was on for like three hours every single guy had to give a 30 minute speech when the east street band got in yeah so i just went to the bar and like i was so drunk by the time nirvana came on i was losing my mind <laughs> and some guy was sitting there going calm down I'm like, it's Nirvana getting into the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you can't go nuts at a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, yeah. what do you go nuts at? Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, ladies' room or got to choose? Uh, got to choose for me, although I love the intro to Ladies' Room. Got some good-looking girls! But uh, got to choose is what a what a great tune. And um, I, for some unknown reason i declined to accompany these guys to the live to win show at the house of blues uh still at the top of the list of regrettable concert mm. misses for me absolutely i mean that that set list he busted out for Amazing. that incredible million to one and goodbye magic and touch tonight i'm gonna touch. play all the songs I love. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know me? That's when he put Hide Your Heart back in the set. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was a great, great show. I saw that in uh, L.A. I saw it in L.A. at the House of Blues on Sunset, and Bruce Kulick and Gene Simmons were in the balcony. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool, yeah. 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 I give uh, got to choose as well. Wow, we're all yeah. so agreeable today. Yeah. This is not like us. <laughs> I think uh, we'll be disagreeing soon. So. Yeah, there will be some... Uh, There'll be some some bumps in the road. You hear uh, same reason got to choose. Just a better, yeah, it's just a better song. song. Yeah, I mean Great. nothing against ladies' room. But. It's funny once again that that ladies' room is was included, but take me was not. Yeah. do you love me was not. Very right. strange. I know? I personally, if I can, if I could pick and choose, I would have taken that out and put love them and leave them instead. If we mm. had to have a Gene song from mm. that, era. oh yeah, that's, that's the one I would put right there. If okay, I could. right yeah. in the middle there. Okay, then we go to making love versus hotter than hell, Chris. I'm gonna go making love on this one, especially the live version. It's 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 powerful. It, it's powerful. It it lacks that little acoustic element that they uh, add in over the top on the studio version, which kind of lightens that version up a little bit. Um, and uh, Paul is out of his mind with the vocals. I mean, he's really into it, and uh, just a great performance. Hotter than hell. It's cool, and when we did our episode, it was when we did our research on it or whatever, that it was sort of their version of All Right Now by Free. Oh, which interesting. I made that, I, I never made that connection before, but once I heard it, it made sense to me. But Hotter Than Hell has never been one of my favorite Kiss tunes. So for it's, me, it, this it's is a little an bit, easy one. It's a little bit plodding for me. Um, 
And also, I love making love. When I first heard it, I thought they were covering Toys in the Attic. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, making love. Great scream at the beginning. Great yeah. riff. Um, yeah, the fact that Kiss Alive 2 starts with four Paul Stanley songs out of five was all right by me because, as yeah. you know, I was a Paul Stanley guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm going making love over Hotter Than Hell. I'm going with Hotter Than Hell. So All there's, right. there's our first really? disagreement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I love Peter's drumming on Hotter Than Hell, on the yes, live yeah. version especially. So that's what does. It's a better groove than the studio version. And I don't know. Nothing against Making Love again, but Hotter well, Than Hell. Like you said, too, both these albums are probably perfect records. Yeah. They're both amazing. It's not even a contention. It's, it's just what we what our opinions are. We're not saying, oh, that one sucks. Yes. You know, they're both great pretty yes. much in every case. So, Agreed. yeah. But I'll go with Hot, Hot. Hotter than hell. <laughs> yep. Rip, rip, rip and destroy. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to go with Hotter Than Hell as well. Um, it is... Uh, JBBS. Right in, in effect, yeah. Jones that, Brothers Bull <laughs> shit stuff. Yep, yep. See, what I, this is what I have to put... This it's, is what I've put up with for the past five it's years. Actually, relentlessly. It's, Jones, <laughs> Jones Brothers Best Siblings is what it actually stands <laughs> yeah, for. That's that's don't it. you guys have a t-shirt? That yes. Says yeah. Where do you I, sell your t-shirts? On, uh, what is that? tpublic.com go to tpublic.com to get your Jones Brothers bullshit <laughs> shirt Chris I, actually, a- I have a Jones Brothers bullshit throw pillow <laughs> that's on uh, this big chair that we have that's the first thing you see when you walk in my front door <laughs> the awesome. next room over so <laughs> so you're going hotter than hell I'm going hotter than hell it's uh, my favorite version of the song again um, as uh, Chris J said um <laughs> earlier that a lot of the versions on these albums they're a little more up tempo and there's more energy to them than on the studio albums for for my perception um i think by anybody's perception and i mean and that's that's a hard one to say because making love there's for as much energy as there is on the studio version i mean that opening scream that paul does it's enormous yeah and like the palm muting there uh with the guitar it it always made me think of communication breakdown that's another yeah and um it's a, it, so that's a tough one. This one is it's hotter than hell by a hair, maybe like two, three hairs. It's one of those ones, you know, I, and Paul's voice notwithstanding, I would love to hear them play live. Yeah. You know, even on the cruise or something like that. But um, and then that takes us to another love song, Making Love, Love Gun uh, versus Firehouse. Love Gun versus Firehouse. What do you mm. think? You want to take that one first, Andy? Sure. I'm going to go with Love Gun. Um you know, we just talked about the great scream at the beginning of Making Love. Is there a more energetic introduction to any live song ever than the scream that goes into Love Gun? The, all right, Love Gun, which does no yeah. justice to it. But, you know, the Paul Stanley version yeah. is the greatest. So Love Gun, hands down. Not to mention that Love Gun might be Paul's best written song. Yeah. It's such a great tune. Uh, it's one of Kiss's, you mentioned Got to Choose is one of your top three, Nick. It's mm-hmm. Love Gun's one of my top ten. Even though I would never probably think that, I would try and go more obscure, but if you hear that song for me, it's just great solo, uh, well-written, very easy to play when you're a kid, which is also yeah. uh, a cool factor about yeah. it. And uh, Firehouse, you know, um, I love the idea behind it, and that's when Gene gets to breathe his fire uh, on this set, and the whole sirens and all that stuff some good production but as a song uh love gun wins for me and also live gun when you think of the live set that's when paul flies across the crowd yeah yeah well, now yeah not then. Not, not then not that, then that, but now. you know that's always something that pops into my head as a great visual that's, thing that's associated i'm surprised with they've never had a record called live gun 
like a live wow. record or yeah. an EP or something. Oh, making live, live gun. Yeah, making live. <laughs> live them and leave them. <laughs> we can go on. <laughs> There's a lot of love songs. Live theme from Kiss. <laughs> Got live for sale. <laughs> live is a deadly weapon. Okay, stop, <laughs> yes, stop. Yeah, stop. that's enough. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Uh, Firehouse for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I love Love Gun, uh, Firehouse is just one of those, uh, off of this record in particular, a live one, it's one of those like, the profound uh, versions for me, I, like uh, just it has such a groove after they do the you know the woo yeah and then into that you know do 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 that that's it's such a such a great groove and it's such a great version of the song and Love Gun obviously is a classic and yeah it's it's super super off the charts energy on a live too for that but uh, I just have to go with uh, which song I've always preferred and it's always been Firehouse that's the one Chris Firehouse for sure for me. I have to be careful here because we haven't done Love Gun yet, and uh, all I'm going to say on that is that that is not to be missed as an episode when it comes down the pike Mm. from my perspective. And that's all I'm going to say other than that absolutely firehouse for me. I love the inclusion of the sirens at the end, just mass chaos breaking out and stuff. You You can sense... That there's something cool going on, even though you don't get the Can't visual. See it, you can hear to yeah. it. Calling Doctor Live. It's, there's three, <laughs> three lo- love songs in a row. Calling Doctor Love versus Nothing to Lose. What do you think, Chris? Calling Doctor Love for me. Uh, nothing to lose. Never one of my favorites, to be honest with you. And Calling Doctor Love was I, that's track three on Rock and Roll Over, right? So at that first summer when my boy Michael Gonzalez was running uh, Rock and Roll Over for me on cassette, after I picked myself off the ground from listening to Take Me, this is another one that's just like, this is friggin' awesome. Everything this band is doing right now is just resonating with me a million percent. And uh, Calling Dr. Love was the next song in that. Uh, rotation so big uh yeah i I gotta go with dr love as well and this is one of my uh, i like gene his uh when he plays characters and you know he he is dr love in this case and nothing to lose uh always a throwaway track for me until once again they unplugged when all six of the guys did it right peter's vocal is great the fact that it's apparently about anal sex which i don't know is that true or not I think Gene and, confirms that. I think it in, is, in yeah. uh, the book we always refer to yeah. it, uh, behind the mask. Is it I'm pretty sure he all but uh, explicitly confirms that. It's that it's, uh, and this is something that I'm pretty sure we must have speculated about it on our episode for the song. It's like uh, I'm pretty sure you have a lot to lose if you agree to <laughs> anal sex in most <laughs> most cases. <laughs> If nothing else, the bodily elasticity you were born with and try to keep it clinical and polite, but that's just one entry on the list. There's a lot you have to lose. Talk about Dr. Love over here. He's got a whole thing going on. What do you think, Nick? Um, I'm going to go with Dr. Love on this one. The thing that I love, love, love about this version, uh, as opposed to the studio version, is the, the falsetto Dr. Love uh, backups during mm-hmm. the chorus. From Paul? It's, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I realize I think it was Gene and Paul did falsetto in the studio to try to sound like women, I guess. Oh, really? I remember reading that somewhere. Um, but on this one, it just, it sounds a little like, 
more gravel. Yeah, like I don't know about gravelly, but it's it's a little. Bit, there's more energy behind it because they're they sound almost tired um, mm-hmm. when they're doing that falsetto part on the studio on the version. Album. But yeah. this one, it's high energy. The song's a lot faster. I it, I think it sounds great. I think Gene's got some. Uh, He's got some great little uh, variances on the way he sings the lead vocal. You know, that's that's definitely not to say that I don't really like that version of Nothing to Lose on a live one. I love when Peter put, uses his name when he says, but I think it's uh, Shake It One Time for Peter or P- something it's like Shake It One Time for the Cat Man. But I think, I, think I think he says Pete on uh, Pete or Peter on one of them. Oh, okay. If, 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 if I'm wrong, it's he, a different version. But he's still referring thinking. to himself because you see the Peter yeah. he says the Cat Man. Shake It yeah. One Time for the Cat Man. I'm, I'm pretty sure he uses his first name in one of those. On Which is one of your guys' things. It's always cool to hear the name Unnamed. of a guy, <laughs> you know, or, or a good mama or like a oh, yeah. pick up that guitar CC and talk to me, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are things that we contend are missing from rock and roll today that's it's, right it's one of the reasons why rock is in the state it's in today we need these things brought back in so if you're a one of the famous rockers that mr jericho hangs out out with on the regular listen to our podcast we'll steer you in the right direction we have some advice and hopefully for you. bring the entire rock genre back up to the top where it needs to be that's the formula what do you think I Maybe. love Peter's vocal on Nothing to Lose, but the song is just, it's not as good as calling Dr. Love. So I go with Dr. Love and also Paul's introduction again. We have to mention those whenever there's You're a good right. one. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, the rock yeah. and roll pneumonia. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's, yeah. It's pneumonia the way yeah, he, he says, says pneumonia, but it's like with a weird, uh, you know, New York accent. <laughs> I know everybody's hot. Everybody's got rock and roll pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> so let's call out Dr. Love. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> one of the all-time greats. That's a heavy-ass stuff. riff, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, now Christine 16, not a heavy-ass riff, versus Come On and Love Me. To me, no contest whatsoever. Uh, Come On and Love Me, one of the best riffs. Great, weird lyrics. She's oh, a dancer, romance. I'm a Capricorn, and she's a Cancer. Maybe how, the how, best ever. It, well, yeah. <laughs> Potentially. That, Come On and Love Me, my all-time favorite Kiss song. Your, your all-time Absolutely, favorite? Really? Number one. And, wow. Uh, it's largely because of the lyrics. Is there anything more 70s? than to invoke Zodiac signs. <laughs> so, I mean, back in the day, you'd see those ho- holographic bumper stickers on cars with the guy's Zodiac side. Scorpio. And it's like, oh, <laughs> if I'm compatible with the Scorpio, I'm going to go f*** that guy, you know? And it's like... But uh, you're right, though, and, and I'll even compound that upon, is there anything more 70s than having your picture in a music magazine? Yeah. Which exactly. barely exists anymore either, so it's a double whammy there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Great solo. Uh, I just love, love, love Come On and Love Me. Chris obviously loves it. Jones Brothers. Come On and Love Me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Way better. Um, And then Paul's intro. Come on, love me. It's like, come on and love me. He can't wait to tear into that song. (laughs) And who can blame him? It's great. Nick? Let me hide behind the furniture. Tell you mine. JBBS coming at you. I I like well, I love this version of Christine Sixteen. I'm gonna go with Christine Sixteen and be in the probably overwhelming minority here. But uh Everything about that version, just how booming Gene's bass is in the beginning boom, boom. and the vocal performance. I mean, there it's it's a great, great version of that song. And I mean, come on and love me. I mean, this, this is another one where it's close. I, I, not, it's not that I can say anything negative, especially about this version of Come On and Love Me. But just for me, for this, 
for what I have listened to more and enjoyed more, I would go with Christine. And this is the second in the trilogy of Gene the Pedophile songs that starts yeah. with Going Blind, uh, <laughs> continues with Christine 16, and ends with Domino, right. which <laughs> we right. discussed at length. Yeah. Which covers pretty much almost the entire uh, viable career of Kiss as a yeah. recording entity. Now, if anybody needs to come here tonight to have a good time, please get Okay, so then it gets to one of the, uh, well, this this is actually a coincidence how it worked out. It's the Battle of the Ace Tunes, Shock Me versus Parasite. And even though Ace didn't sing Parasite, we all know that he wrote it. Mm. Wow. I can't um, do this. This is a hard I, one. I, I, it, this is the first one that's really hard I for can't, me. I can't even do this. Anybody want to tackle I'll it first? I'll tackle it first. Yeah. Just for me, it's Parasite. It's just heavier. Um, I mean, it's great with... Ace finally singing, and of course the guitar solo. There isn't a guitar solo really on Live One. There's no, a little in, bit uh, in, she, at, at the end yeah. of She, yeah, yeah. Okay. which is the next. But it's tune. very short. It's not like this one on the Live Two. Um, but for me, just Parasite, simply because it's because it's heavier. I noticed that there's a little bit of a mess up in the riff. Um, this is a real nerdy thing. If you guys listen to Parasite, it goes like there's a little like they kind of screwed up the riff a bit. Um, so there you go. Check it out when you guys yeah. uh, listen to this later. Anybody else want to tackle it? I want to go with Shock Me. Okay. Um, because it's you know the first time you hear Ace singing, other than the studio version, but you know he doesn't sing at all on a live. Mm-hmm. Good call. And it's cool to hear him sing. It's I like the song better, which I don't want to get anything thrown at me from the other side of the room for saying that, but yeah, I love it. It's great, and you know we got a little surprise for you tonight. Gonna turn the microphone over to Ace Fraley. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, yeah. It, cool. and also there's a great breakdown right before the solo. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to go shock me. But if Parasite's a 9.9, shock me right. is a 10. Like, they're so close. That's, it's a hard one. But it also has one of my favorite Paul Stanley things at the end. Ace Frehley, guitar! <laughs> shock me! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take shock me. This is the most difficult one, and it's going to be the most difficult one for me for the whole thing. Um, I'm going to go Parasite, but these two live recordings, this Parasite off of Live One, my all-time favorite Kiss recording song wow. version of any other songs. Uh, shock me, when I was in like junior high and had just gotten this tape, I listened to this live version of Shock Me over and over and over and over. Like wow. it, it was my absolute favorite thing to listen to at that point. So it's it's really hard, um, but I'm gonna go Parasite just because it's as a song. I it, it's my all time favorite. So all right, it swings it that way. It's like I said, it's, it's six and one half dozen of another for that. And then it's she versus hard luck woman. Um, mm, who wants to fight that one first? Easy one for me. Yeah. She okay. I mean, hard luck woman. It's cool for what it is, but. That wasn't even the set. This was from the sound check. That's right. right. And they just That's shoehorned right. it in for obviously record company reasons. So and weird. Like if you went to this show, you'd go, they don't even play half these songs live. Yeah. yeah. You know? So for me, it's just, again, she is heavier. Yeah. I tend to prefer heavier stuff. Although, I, you know, I am a sucker for a good power ballad. No question <laughs> about it. But between these two, easy. She... Um, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to go with She also, even though I do very much enjoy the version of Hard Luck Woman. It made me um, think of, I think it's this song. It's one of the more unrealistic sounding crowd swells when they hear when the opening riff on guitar starts. 
Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like it probably didn't actually happen that way. Sound effects. If they, if they, even if they didn't have it in the set list, if they had played it, it, I don't think it was that big of a hit or anything. So right. I don't know that the crowd would like the, the girls would have lost their minds and screamed like that. <laughs> but both both great. Uh, it's great to have uh, the guitar solo from Ace. And isn't she the one where they have that part from the end of Let Me Know? No, that's yeah. Isn't that on she? Yeah, it might be. I think so. And I always loved that too. So and that's a that's a great riff. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with She as well. I, although, once again, I didn't like it as much when I was a kid because it's very slower and heavier, and I was never uh, much of a guy, like a Sabbath type of a guy mm-hmm. that liked the slower stuff. But once again, another great uh, Paul Stanley at the end. Ace Frehley guitar! He says it just as it fades out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that end part, the riff is heavy. Um, it's a great tune. I think did Anthrax cover She? They did. If, yeah. yeah they, and I think they faded out on that riff, if I'm not they, mistaken. They did it just for a brief time. Both are cool, but I'm going to go with She also, not to be the guy who piles on. But yeah, I like Ace's guitar solo, and I'm not usually a guitar solo guy. I'm not the guitar player of the group. Nick and Chris both play guitar. It's not my thing. But yeah, something about it. I love uh, that like slow bend thing Ace does. Yeah, that's cool. That's it, like that was signature. his trademark thing. Yeah, it was like his Angus Young. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. He did bam, And I'm looking at this Gene Simmons action figure from a live era that I have in my hand right now, and I think she's one of the signature songs from that album for Gene. For so Gene, I'm giving it to she. There you go. That leads us to I think another song that wasn't ever played live. Tomorrow and tonight. Uh, versus watching you i'll take this one i'm gonna go tomorrow and tonight i always kind of liked uh uh you know just kind of like cjbs right there (laughs) a little frivolous type of thing um i don't know it's a song you could just uh, drink a beer to and 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 and, you know look at chicks a toe tapper a little toe tapper yeah although Um, watching you is pretty badass too that i'm thinking about but i'm sticking with it tomorrow and tonight i'll go watching you It, it is a it's a really great song, and, and um, one of the one of the versions that I actually think in my head is Alive Three, um, because that was a pretty good surprise track that they threw on there. You that's right. You that was awesome. That, was a, that, that was a, lineup did. Yeah, that. yeah, that's a good point. But the one on Alive One is great too. And I, you know, I have to say I really like Tomorrow and Tonight. But I'm gonna go uh, watching you. And Tomorrow and Tonight is basically, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read in the book that we reference. It's basically rock and roll night part two. That's they were going for that again. Mm, gotcha. Watching you to me, the point part I don't like is like bam bam boring to me. Chris, uh, I couldn't disagree with you more. On Chris, that. Chris um, L. Bullshit. Yeah, the uh, watching you by a mile. I never really liked tomorrow and tonight, even before reading about it in the book it just always sounded like a pale attempt at rock and roll night to me just didn't do it is it a little bit of a of a flag on the play when you rhyme a word with the same word tomorrow and tonight tomorrow tonight we can rock all day we can roll all night (laughs) i mean that's that's lazy yeah it's a little lazy but just the song in general never did it for me watching you is in my top 10 might even be in my top five wow that song rules and that the Winterland performance of that song from Kissology Volume One is probably my best, my favorite Kiss performance of all time. Of all time. They were on fire. 
menacing, awesome. Love it. So, right? I agree with you, Chris, on uh, the Winterland version, but if we're taking the visual out of it, I'm going to go with Tomorrow and Tonight. Oh, if we were watching Winterland version of watching you versus how well they didn't even really do tomorrow never, tonight, but ever. yeah, but that might change things. But did just you, listening to the two, which is what we're analyzing here, comparing those in a grudge match, I'm going with tomorrow and tonight. It's more of a pop tune, like Tuge over here said, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more of a pop tune. But as uh, we get further into this, you'll you know I'll be talking more about that. Um, so. I think they just recently played tomorrow and tonight on the cruise. I think they opened the sail away set with oh, that cool. one. Yeah. Cool. From what I remember, yeah. Nick And uh, let's not uh let's not overlook the great scream that Paul gives as soon as there's that opening riff and then once the drums and the bass kick in, the the really great yeah. howly scream that Paul does on the live version. Yeah, I mean he he uh if whether you like that song or not, there's there's an undeniable enthusiasm that that's happening there. Which was you choosing? Did you oh no, choose? I did mine oh, already. Okay, gotcha, sorry, I just. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we go to uh, this is a good one, but to me, it's "I Stole Your Love" versus "Hundred Thousand Years." I'll kick it off. Uh, this song and the next one, which we'll get to, are probably my two favorite uh, Kiss songs of all time live. "Hundred Thousand Years." I love the entire the riff, Paul's vocal. Uh, the the drum solo, the rap, uh, which our drummer Frank can do to a T, by the way. <laughs> he actually does it yeah. for money. You bet Frank 10 bucks, he does everything. He's like, oh, yeah, and I forgot the white people over there neither. <laughs> uh, so 100,000 years, although I love I Stole Your Love, uh, they opened with that on the Hot in the Shade tour, which was a great opener. It wasn't Detroit Rock City, but it was, it was pretty close. Once again, 9.9 .9 and 10, but I think 100,000 years is, is one of my favorite all-time uh, live Kiss songs out of these uh, two records. I'll go next. Um, I am going to go with 100,000 Years just barely because I Stole Your Love on this. It opens up record number two, side, side three, three, whatever you call it. Yeah. And there's just from that first hit and then the riff comes in, it's 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 like they're different, um, different sides of what Kiss does because that one, I Stole Your Love is like just a direct powerhouse song that just they plow through. While 100,000 Years, you've got like these breakdowns and the raps and the drum solo and all that stuff and like the phasing on the drums. But um, what puts it over the top for me is I remember being pretty small and we had that record and I was listening to this on like a Fisher Price uh, record player. And when it gets to that point where there's that guitar lead, that that part gave me goosebumps. Yeah. And on 100,000 years? Yeah. Band, great solo, yeah. When, when, when that lead part comes on, yeah, and it's still when I hear it, when I hear that particular version with those chords behind it, those like yes. weird dissonant chords and that lead, that right there is just that's like a musical. I can air guitar that lead perfectly. <laughs> how much How much you want to bet? I got a, five bucks here. Chris? Oh, Nick? Or Andy? I'm going to go with I Stole Your Love. Okay. Um. 100,000 100, years is a little bit more prog in a way. You know, it's very 70s live album where there was yeah. always one track that was like 15 minutes yeah. long. And this is the one, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I like the faster, shorter, direct songs, so I'm going to go with I Stole Your Love. Yeah, and for me, it's, it's all about the matchup, you know, the head-to-head. -head. Yep. You had to make tough decisions, but I Stole Your, I Stole Your Love takes it. That's another top five Kiss song for me. And just uh, 
the guitars are red hot on that cut. It's a great tune. They are loud. They are on the brink of feedback to the whole thing. The lyrics are great. The, uh, you know, I'm something different ain't, ain't like, like the, the rest. rest. I mean, that is just so great. The, Find the out you're failing your test. The lyrics are outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever seen the Ernie Ball string theory videos where the string, electric guitar string company has, like, artists talking about stuff, they did a, a Paul Stanley episode, and he just starts playing that riff, and it, I'm getting chills just so talking great. about it. And he don't talk to me about Kiss not being able to play their instruments uh, yeah. or write good songs. You're wrong on both counts based on I Stole Your Love Alone. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought it was called I Want Your Love. I want your love. <laughs> want your love. But yeah, just like you said, the, 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 you, you can't get angry about either one of those. Yeah, that's um, a tough one. It's all about the matchup. And that's really. what the fun, that's what we do here on the classic album clash. Sometimes people go, oh, this album's way better until you do the yeah, breakdown. Uh, okay, so now the next tune is Black Diamond, my all time favorite Kiss song, Gun to Head, Black Diamond Live from this record, hmm. Alive. I don't want Black Diamond Studio, any of the other ones. From this record, that's my favorite um, uh, Kiss song. Wow, okay. up, up against Beth, no contest. Sorry, Peter. Uh, Black Diamond blows it away. Great ending uh, for for the end of the side three. Um, out on the streets for a living. Peter's vocal. Once again, what a coincidence. Two Peter vocals against mm-hmm, each other. Yeah. Um, and just to me, it was amazing that they had three drummers in the band that all had similar voices. Yeah, was that a requirement? They had I like don't a think they even knew. And yeah. Eric said when he joined the band, they didn't even know he could sing at first. Wow. Um, wow. So that, that that's just, you know, Eric Carr did a great job with it. Eric does, Singer does a great job with it. But that's Peter Chris's masterpiece for me, his vocal on Black Diamond. And just like the, and the solo, mm-hmm. uh, Ace, just that one part where he just bends that note so high. It's just yeah. uh, Black Diamond, man. What a great, uh, great song and a great live performance. Thousand percent Black Diamond. I'll go uh, Black Diamond for me, and I'll I'll throw the disclaimer out that we're probably all thinking Beth's a great song for what it is. Um, you know, important song for Kiss and all that stuff. But yeah, there's really no contest here as far as something being performed in a live setting. It's it's yeah night and day. It's got to be Black Diamond. Yeah, oh, it's not to knock it. I know it's a hit, but. You know, a track being played over a PA system. It's basically karaoke versus Black Diamond. So you have to take Black Diamond in that case, right? This so. is when they would have Peter sit on a stool and throw With roses, roses yeah. It's like, give me a f- break. Yeah, so yeah, Black Diamond. Take your sure. dollar and beat it. <laughs> right. Roses sprinkled with a little nose whiskey, probably. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going to agree with everyone, but I'm going to throw this out there. What did I say on the car ride up here? For me, Black Diamond is probably the most overrated. Really? Wow. And it's funny to hear you. It's your all-time favorite. I have a friend who hates Kiss, hates Kiss, loves Black Diamond. But for me, it's just it never really did anything for me in in a... way that you react to it i don't dislike the song but it just never really got me charged up like some of the other stuff so for me that's why i say it's overrated but compared to beth get out of here get out of town oh this is a good one though rock bottom versus god of thunder 
our namesake, basically. Pot oh, of Thunder, Pot of God Thunder, of Thunder. Yeah. Um, Mine too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which you guys hated before, before you met me. That's and not, I came up true. with Pot of Thunder not even knowing that you guys existed. We were well say. aware of that. We, okay. did, we didn't You know where I got it from? F- where? Was uh, uh, Adam Carolla calls himself the Pod Father. Okay. And I'm like, well, what's another oh, oh, God of Thunder? I'll be the Pod of Thunder. And yeah. then I start getting hate mail from Chris <laughs> L. I didn't send it. I sent some of our flunkies out to uh, harass <laughs> Oh, they came to my house. There was oh, some, I believe uh, it. There was some threats made. And then I got the private message on Twitter from Jericho. Are you guys near Indianapolis? I'm like, oh, my God, he's coming after us. <laughs> and, uh, Where are you right the, now? That's, yeah. That's how the uh, that's how the uh, that's relationship how I, was born. That's how I became uh, friends with the guys that do um, uh, mystery, history science theater is I made my a list of the worst Kiss songs, and for some reason the guy was mad at me. He's like, Jericho's worst of Kiss songs. What an asshole. How can he have this song on? So I, I tweeted them, too. I found all you guys. <laughs> all you Kiss podcasters that don't like hey. me, I'll find you and make myself friends with you and change your mind. Yeah, right. he did. It well, certainly to, worked. Did. To be fair, before that, Andy always would say, well, before we uh, heard from you, Andy would always say that, hey, if... If I had the chance, I would just go join Jericho's podcast. Right. I said, I'll jump ship. Guys. You guys can <laughs> complain yeah. about it. I'll jump. I'll join <laughs> his Long team. before he was yeah. saying that. Okay, so Rock Bottom versus God of Thunder. Oh. It's a tough one because, again, you know, our namesake, we should be, uh, you know, loyal to that, but I'm going to go with Rock Bottom. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a short, cool song. The introduction's cool. Great guitar part. Yeah, great yeah. guitar part. And God of Thunder, to me, we haven't done it on our podcast yet, but especially the live version with the drum solo, I don't need it. It's similar to 100,000 Years where I was saying, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't need a, you know, a 10-minute track, so I'm going to go with Rock Bottom. Nick? Um, I'm going to go Rock Bottom, uh, even though I do enjoy the uh, like almost double-speed version of God of Thunder that we get here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always loved when they came out of the, dr- the drum solo that they didn't fix when Gene... He does the oh yeah his total voice clan we laugh about that all yes, the time and, so and bad I love that they left it <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't take that out he goes I am the lord of the worst it's like what I <laughs> and rock bottom on the on it's I love this version even more than the studio one because Paul goes higher with uh, with a lot of the notes vocally than he does on the studio version the studio version is a little more tame this one's just like a full blown hard rocker. And that dreamy intro is great when they transition from that. So, yeah, I love, love, love this version of Rock Bottom. Chris? Another tough matchup, but I'm going to give the edge to Rock Bottom, uh, mainly for its brevity and non-inclusion of a guitar or a drum solo. It's like, you know, I understood <laughs> I understood you guys in the 70s. You had to duck backstage to get your win back, maybe bang a groupie or two. <laughs> You know, uh, to, to do a little tootsie rootsie to get you through the rest of the set. But I don't need to hear a good drum solo. Apologies to John Bonham, but I just, I don't need it. So rock bottom for me. I am going to be the standout and take God of Thunder. I think it's Gene's uh, trademark song. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, Love the Clam. Written by Paul. Yeah, right. Love the clam that they leave in there. The drum solo is more of just an obligatory uh, piece of it. I think it lasts 30 seconds, maybe. Um, I love that you can hear Peter yelling. That's actually my favorite part of this version. And then, once again, another great Paul Stanley. Peter Chris on the drums! (laughs) I actually did a a Hollywood game night, which is um, Jane Lynch's show. Mm. And they had had me jamming with the band and had me play drums. 
And at the end of the, whatever we were playing, I yelled out in the mic, and you could no, you couldn't see me, but you could hear this random, Peter Chris on the drums! <laughs> Uh, so yeah, God of Thunder for me, and um, I, once again, you can't beat that riff. So um, that's that's my choice, uh, which leads us to another Gene classic, Cold Gin. Wow, this is a tough one, Cold Gin versus I Want You. Now, once again, uh, Nick, give us a little bit of the opening rap from Cold Gin. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. It's like you, it's so hot outside. You always need something to cool you off. So oh. let's go drink some tequila. Right. The uh, well-known refreshment. Right. Yeah. It's lot, the uh, least was, appealing. So thing. hot. I need some tequila, man. Right. My favorite moment in Paul Stanley uh, stage rap history. history is the the just the implications of of it. It's. The non-specifics. I was talking to somebody backstage before. <laughs> yeah, I love that setup. <laughs> and a lot of you, they were telling me, <laughs> a lot of you people like to drink vodka and orange juice, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now let have me you just say Chris- something. Uh, I used to actually, when I first was well, heard of this, I wasn't a drinker yet, uh, but I remember thinking, when I when I grow up, I'm gonna drink. <laughs> Vodka and orange juice. Yeah. Because just how cool Paul says it. Vodka and orange juice <laughs> with his accent. And to the point where when I worked in the bar in Calgary, a Paul Stanley was what I called a vodka and orange juice. That's great. Oh, nice. And whenever I came into the bar, Chris, you want a Paul Stanley? Yeah, let me have a Paul Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Paul Stanleys, please. <laughs> so a Paul Stanley is a vodka and orange juice. I did the same thing when I started drinking, but it was one of those experiences where you'll never drink it again because you vomited. Oh, you know? just so taste. Yeah, yeah, so never again. And I also was watching Beverly Hills Ninja at the time, so I won't watch <laughs> that movie ever again either. Those are both banned from my life. <laughs> Uh, what are you taking, Goldjin, uh, uh, or I want you? Um, who's going to start with this one? Mm. It's a classic. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Goldjin, and this is another one where I love both songs. There's a lot of energy. That breakdown, instrumental breakdown in the middle of Goldjin. That's another goosebump moment for me when they get into that. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that, that's dun, another goosebump dun, moment dun, for me. Um, and. <laughs> The this is just my personal experience here, but the beginning of "I Want You" on this version it gives me a little bit of anxiety. Why? Because I must have touched a magnet to my tape, which I'm <laughs> holding right here. Because it fades in and out the volume, and mm. and the and it's like unlistenable for "I Want You" and "Shout It Out Loud." Like I I could never listen to those because oh, wow. there was something wrong with my tape. It would just it was like this. It just kept going. Yeah. In and out and yeah. So. Nothing, nothing against the song, just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in there. But For yeah, you personally. But, but Cold Gin, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. I'll take Cold Gin as well. For all the reasons that you said, once again, it was a great number in the Animalized set. Uh, it still translated when Gene was out of makeup, which I think is why they stopped doing God of Thunder, because Gene has to be in makeup for that tune. Yeah. Um, also, I Want You is a good tune. Uh, the end sing-along is very kind of generic Paul Stanley. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, it's just, eh. Uh, it's one of the rare faux pas on a, on a Kiss Live record where I think it's okay. But um, Cold Gin, combined with that awesome rap, yeah. is yeah. amazing. Yes. You know, like we talked to someone backstage before, and the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the we need to get cooled off by a fine shot of tequila. Yeah, and the with, little... With um, the Mexican yeah, uh, stereotype yes. in the back. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely Cold Gin for me. Chris? Yeah, I, I'm going to agree, Cold Gin. I think the live version, for the reasons you just said of I Want You, they actually made it worse in the studio version for me, which is unusual, especially just right. how hot the guitar sound on a live, too. You'd think you'd like it better. 
cold gin. Yeah, I mean, the I had dozens of Paul Stanleys on my uh, bachelor party in Las Vegas uh, during the Super Bowl where the Rams beat the Titans uh, on that last-minute play that didn't get in the Super Bowl, and that led to all manner of debauchery that night. Uh, <laughs> Lots of Paul Stanleys. And, uh, but my favorite part of the rap is the, uh, there's only one thing that's going to do it the way you want it. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Do it the way you want it. And which way is that? <laughs> so, cold gin. Cold gin, Mandy? I'm going to go with cold gin, too. It's a clean sweep. And, you're, you know, you're on the road with Fozzie. Have you ever had anyone backstage come up to you and let you know what people <laughs> like to drink in each city? Well, I was talking to someone backstage before. <laughs> Chris, 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 here are the notes. Here are the, we've done our studies. Excuse me, sir. Can you tell me um, what people are into in this town? <laughs> oh, oh they love to drink. Really? Can you tell me more? Yeah, we need a list. Well, some of them like to drink tequila. Hmm. Give me a top three. I'll remember that. <laughs> I want to share that with them to let them know I did. What else more. does he say? Tequila? Does he have another thing? Vodka and orange juice. And tequila. tequila. Well, there's only one thing that's going to do it the way and you then, want. Well, then he said, take a taste of alcohol. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just generic. Just, just yeah. generic, yeah. Now, this is a good battle. This might be the battle of the album. Although, uh, I know some of you guys don't like us. To, to the random person, shout it out loud as a, as a set closer mm-hmm. versus rock and roll night as a set closer, even though it's not the set closer on Kiss Alive. Right. But rock and roll night versus shout it out loud. Chris? I'm going to go rock and roll all night. Um, Andy will speak more to this, but again, shout it out loud is kind of overrated for me. Never really blew my skirt up to a great extent. So uh, in rock and roll all night, while it's... Not something I really ever need to hear again. When I do hear it, I never shut it off. It's just a timeless classic. Mm. They, I mean, they they needed to write an anthem. They stepped up to the plate and knocked it over the fence. So rock and roll all night for me. Andy will also go with rock and roll all <laughs> night. And Chris mentioned the shout it out loud thing. When we broke that song down on our podcast three or four years ago, I still get hate mail to this day. I think I got some today, today yes. about me shooting down Shout It Out Loud saying that, in my opinion, it was a generic attempt at trying to write another hit, and it just comes across as being, I don't know, not authentic and uh, too contrived. So mm. that's what I think. And this version of Rock and Roll All Night is the version of Rock and Roll Absolutely. All Night. And this, and you know, if we want to talk about the importance of a specific song off of either of these albums, Rock and Roll All Night is the song that catapulted them to superstardom, you know, because it wasn't a hit the first time they released it off of Dress to Kill. They put this live album out with, you know, I don't know if this is sort of rewritten history, but when you hear Kiss talk about it, Nobody had high hopes for Alive. And, you know, they put this out as a single This was like live. their last chance. Yeah. It's right? like, yeah. Who, well, you know, Gene said, oh, who, who buys live albums and who likes Kiss? You know, right. this isn't going to do well. And it's a double live album. This isn't. This is going to be a flop. And that's the end of Kiss. But it turned out the exact opposite. And this was the single they released. So I think that um, I'm going to go with Rock and Roll Night because I, I love that if you listen to the, the version that's on Dress to Kill... It reminds me uh, of the version of I Want You to Want Me on whatever Cheap Trick record it's on. It yeah. doesn't come alive, no pun intended, until it was on Budokan. Yeah. It's faster. Right. It's a better song. And Rock and Roll Night with the Aces guitar solo. There's no guitar solo in the original. It's right. two minutes and 25 seconds, and then it fades out. Mm-hmm. This adds that solo. It's got a great ending, the sing-along. It's Kiss's signature tune, man, Rock and Roll Night, and the signature version of it. Shout Out Loud is cool, too, but it's not up to snuff, although I do like the fact that Paul says, 
call all your friends in the neighborhood, and then he yells out, hello! <laughs> call yeah. all your I, friends in the neighborhood, hello! I was going to bring that up when it got to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, you <laughs> know, I actually was, because that's a standout part for, yeah. uh, of that. That's because the call got a little static <laughs> at that point. <laughs> like, hello! Hello. Whoa, I don't hear you. Are you there? Um, rock and roll night, it has to be. Uh, Shout It Out Loud is great. Uh, it's a pretty good version. Um, but this that's rock and roll night off of a live is the definitive like introduction, introductory track for somebody getting into Kiss. Yeah, what's yes. Kiss? Um, Here you go. Here you go. I, one of my maybe my first kiss experience that I could remember was you know like a headbangers ball. They played the exposed uh, you know video with the alive version. Right, of right, this. right, right, yeah, yeah. And that's just that that right there that made me a kiss fan. So it's interesting to me, like I said, that they didn't close the record with rock and roll night. Well, yeah, I don't understand why. It's very strange. Was it the situation where that's the end of the show and then let me go rock and roll is supposed to be the encore? Maybe, maybe but, at the time, like you said, maybe they didn't expect rock and roll night to be the hit that it was. Now, in retrospect, yeah. we look back but at the time. Maybe they like Let Me Go Rock and Roll Better for the end of the show. Yeah, maybe. Um, and like I said, th that's the end of Kiss Alive live tracks. Uh, they go into the studio, so we just choose All American Man because it's the next one uh, versus Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I know it's a little bit of a different vibe, yeah. but um, it's the rules that of the classic album Clash, and it's my show, so I don't care if people don't like it. Thank <laughs> you. So um, the little, what do we think here? All American Man, which I think we can agree is probably the best of the five. I will not agree. Okay. I'm a rocket ride guy. Well, okay, rocket ride. Those are yeah, yeah, but rocket ride. Nose and nose. That's, but that's he's a nice. rocket ride guy in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I would suffice to say that maybe nobody else in Kiss even played on Rocket Ride. I think All American Man at least has a chance that maybe the band still showed up and played. So. I'll choose All American Man versus Let Me Go yeah, Rock and if, Roll. If you take Rocket Ride out of the equation, then yeah. I'd okay, go with so that let's one. say All American Man versus Let Me Go. Uh, yeah. Anybody want to take a crack at this one first? I'll start. Okay. Uh, All American Man grew on me over time. Originally, I didn't care for anything on side four of Live 2 except for Rocket Ride. As a kid, you know, had this my entire life that I remember, I, we listened to a Live 2 all the time. Right. So, you know, as a kid, I didn't care about any of them other than Rocket Ride. But over time, when I became an all-American man, <laughs> a 5'10 hot look all-American man. Now, is it hot look or hot luck? A six-foot hot look. I thought six it was hot foot look. hot luck. I've always heard hot look, but okay. uh, who well, knows? I don't, I don't know, know what he's saying, but I hot, know what I'm saying. Hot luck is pretty interesting. Too, yeah, right. Well, he that might works. have hot luck, but I have a hot look, so I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> but... <laughs> you were much hotter when you had your mustache. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. you know, my wife keeps telling me to bring it back, oh, so I maybe it's so. time. I think if so. the two of you are telling me, then I think I'm onto something <laughs> with that mustache. Expect it next time we run into each other. But head to head, all American man. You know, like I said, as I became a man of the world, that song grew on me a lot. You know, lyrically and just the I don't know the testosterone shot when it kicks in. So I'm going to go with All-American Man. Ooh, okay. I, I like that you chose that because it shows that this was a good way to go. Chris? All-American Man Ooh. all the way. That's a top 10 Kiss song for me. Just uh, massive amounts of swagger and just the essence of Paul Stanley captured in one song. And it was the same way with the studio tracks. I thought it was a little bit of a ripoff that the whole album wasn't a live one, so I kind of dismissed the whole studio program as it was on the 8-track. <laughs> oh, but, Chris, what's the first uh, word of All-American Man? Get it? Mama. Oh, well, there you have it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, but I love uh, 
Rocket in the USA, not so much. I mean, it's okay, but I love the other four, and All Amer- All American Man is tops for me. So, all right. Um, I'll. Uh, what do you think? Why don't you go, Nick? Um, I'm gonna go. Let me go. Rock and roll. Uh, as much as I do, it, it All American Man's a song where. Yeah, when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, I don't really. But when you get older, you kind of get it. You're like, you know, okay, I, I want to be this all American man. You know, like, uh, <laughs> how do I become this? When, when you're younger, man? it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't really know what he's talking. You know, yeah. I don't get the whole vibe of what's yeah, yeah. when you're a kid. But uh, um, let me go rock and roll. I think it's interesting that I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I, I'm pretty confident it has. To, it seems like it's an encore track because they're cl- the crowd's got that clap going. Uh, it, yeah, the clap is also kind of on a phase. Isn't so it's it? It, yeah, 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 a little bit, and it's kind of it's kind of a thing where like, okay, the crowd wants them back. It's you know, it's kind of feeding into that. But um, I don't I'll know. Bet several people in the crowd had the clap. Going <laughs> <on back laughs> <in the 70s. laughs> looked like when we were at Cobo Hall, it looked like the whole building had the clap. Yeah, um, yeah, we saw the live thirty-five show. There. Oh, okay, they went to Cobo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When I went on the when we played the Kiss Cruise, they did a live in its entirety. Which was awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I remember telling Paul, like, our drummer Frank knows the whole rap. And Paul, like, in his classic Paulism was like, yeah, I'm not here to recreate the past. I'm not doing the same rap. Uh, All right. If if the drummer (laughs) wants to hear the rap, then he can do it. I'm like, calm down, dude. Yeah, we're just saying that's cool. I'm not not recording you right now. We're just fans. I always found Let Me Go Rock and Roll to kind of be a tacked-on song, like I mentioned. It, to me, Rock and Roll All Night should have been the end of the record. Maybe they needed to fill some time with side four. Uh, It's kind of a loose song to me it's more of a jam song mm-hmm. i don't really it doesn't have much of a hook it I'm, almost sounds like when they're like as it's going on it would be like if there was a lead singer like an elvis has left the building yeah like, that's what i'm saying like, like they just keep playing it out yeah. and like, like all right good night like you know? the blues brothers when the guys sneak out in yeah, the, in, yeah. The, in the air vent and the mm-hmm. band just has to keep playing and that's what it kind of reminded <laughs> me of it and, and confused me i know they play it a little bit here and there um, I guess it's a cool song if you're listening to it in the background, but All mm-hmm. American Man, like you said, it's got that chorus. To me, it was always the best of the five. Uh, I know it's Bob Kulik on guitar, but there's a great solo in it. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take All American Man as well. All right. So there you go, guys. A live one versus a live two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pick your favorite. Uh, which one do you choose, Andy? I choose a live two, and it's not easy, but... Like I said, it's been in our, you know, as long as I remember being alive, Alive 2 was my favorite record by anybody. So Alive 2, and you know, I've had, you know, every moment of my life, Alive 2 has been there. So, (laughs) and even like, I had like one bad near death experience in my life. And on the way home from the hospital, put the Alive 2 CD in and went to McDonald's because those are the two things that make me feel alive. <laughs> alive two and a two cheeseburger meal. And alive two cheeseburger Yeah, meal. exactly. Is it so. McDonald's what caused the <laughs> Well, not or? at that age. Yeah. Oh, okay. Andy's, Andy's first aid kit contains <laughs> yeah. those two items. Um, I'm going to go with Alive One by just a little bit, mainly because sonically I prefer it. Hmm. Uh, there's something about it. It sounds like a... It sounds uh, maybe slightly more dated, and for some reason that works for me. And I just, oh, oh, but it's hard to hard to go against uh, yeah, Alive yeah. Two. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Alive One just just barely. Chris, yeah, I'm same reason for as Nick. I'm gonna go with Alive One. You you talked about Cheap Trick at Budokan. 
the the crowd noise on Alive Two reminds me of that, and it's a little more like teeny bopper ish. Uh, more kids in the crowd, which there were, and more girls, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. But also like uh, Beatles, the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. just the shrieking mm-hmm. females and stuff. Uh, Alive One has more of that seventies just arena rock vibe to it, both visually and sonically. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alive, like I said. I mean, Alive 2 was the one that it was weaned on, and I love it. It's great. But Alive, I think, is probably my favorite Kiss record, like I said, for so many reasons. Uh, basically, with the foundation of 100,000 Years in Black Diamond, I think those are the two best songs for me on both of these records. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the fact that Kiss Alive, they had no idea. Yeah, what right. do you expect? They were throwing everything at the wall, and it sounds like it. They're 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 desperate. They're hungry, and they were taking a chance. Whereas Alive Two, now they're kings of the world. They're the hottest band in the world now. Whereas before, they were the hottest <laughs> band the land. in, in the, the land, land self proclaimed. So, um, once again, both great records. But I'm going to take Alive. And uh, I think uh, we had a pretty good classic album clash today. It was a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Glad we could do it with you guys. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to uh, Pot of Thunder. We've only got a few songs left. I don't know if I'll be invited back or not at some point, but uh, it's always a pleasure to, to come on your show. Absolutely. We'll, have, we'll figure out a way to make it work. We'll, we'll bring going through. We'll have to do the Venus and Mars maybe. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we'll that. start stretching to <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. obscure. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we love you. Let me tell you something, people. You have made us feel awesome tonight. All right, thanks to Nick the Garlic Dragon, Andy, America's little brother, and the mysterious and grumpy Chris L. Uh, You got to check these guys out. Pod of Thunder's final podcast episode is airing on Monday, 290, 291 or whatever it is, five and a half years of analyzing every Kiss song, one song at a time uh, on each and every episode. So check it out at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then go back and listen to the entire Pod of Thunder catalog. Like I said, Nick, Andy, and Chris went song by song through the Kiss catalog. See what they had to say about your favorite or not so favorite Kiss songs. Uh, and like I said, stay tuned because I think there's going to be more Pod of Thunder upcoming uh, after uh, this last Kiss song but thanks again to the guys from pot of thunder for doing one more kiss episode with me right here in talk is jericho thanks for uh, letting me use their name the pot of thunder and rock and roll over here the classic album clash continues we've got a few more in the can if you've got any suggestions hit me up at talk is jericho and let me know what albums we can do remember the criteria is they have to be uh, uh, two separate albums by the same band and they both have to have the same amount of tracks on them or maybe we can expand it and do two, two classic albums, again, one against each other from different bands, but they have to have the same amount of tracks on them. Remember that. So uh, hit me up at Talk is Jericho and uh, give me some suggestions if you have some. Uh, speaking of rock and roll, The Rock continues on Wednesday with the history of Fozzie. I sit down for, with uh, Scott from uh, Good Company Podcast. He just had Rich Ward and Jose Mangan on, uh, Head from, uh, from uh, Korn, a lot of great guys. And we're going to talk all about Fozzie. Uh, from inception to uh, currently right now with the Judas Rising Tour just concluding. Um, So check it out, uh, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So in the meantime, and in between time, uh, have a great weekend. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, drive safe, and a big, yeah, boy. Your sister's drooling the rough. You want to show me your stuff. For my money, you can't be too soon. No! No!